weird times, creepy crimes, and unexplained phenomenon. If it's weird and it's in Florida, it's on the SoFlo Weird Show. And now here's your ghost host and head weirdo, Mia Lorenzo. Welcome, weirdos. Thank you for joining me. Have you ever had that eerie feeling you weren't alone or thought you heard something, but it turns out you were just imagining it? Well, maybe you weren't. It seems we all have a sixth sense. It just depends on how much we tap into it. Or so I've been told and actually experienced with the team at Paranormal Coast during their investigation at the Crime Tours Gallery in Hollywood, Florida, a place I'm very familiar with, or so I thought. I knew we weren't crazy. I knew we heard stuff in here. No, it's back here. Yeah, that's their office. Where is it? It's back here. Why is that? Oh, it just went off. This elite paranormal team investigates haunted locations along the coast. They are highly experienced, and each team member possesses unique psychic abilities. There, here we go. Yes. Oh, it's coming in red over here. Yeah, we've got activity. Oh, I'm feeling it too down the back of my neck. Oh, yes. We've got activity right here. It is this keen intuition, along with scientific data, that helps them communicate with the spirit world. Joining me are Mark Crompton, clairvoyant, Grace Crompton, empath, and Rick Mocker, a sensitive and researcher. I started by asking each one to identify what their role is on an investigation. Well, my part of the team is I am what they call a clairvoyant. So what that means is I have the unfortunate ability of actually seeing the spirits. I see them just like they are you know, just like seeing you in this room. My role in there is to see if I sense or see anything when we walk into that room. Grace? I'm an empath. I feel the spirit's presence. We have a communication that I sense electricity in my body, um, a tingling when I know that they are present. It's magnetic. My name is Rick Mocker. I'm a sensitive, uh, similar to Grace, uh, but I actually do have, on several investigations and in several investigations we've done, felt pain. Uh, I am one of the first things I do when I come to a, a new site is uh, Grace and I and Mark will walk the site and we'll check for different hot spots to see if we're sensing anything. It's funny how many times Grace and I, we go independently, and we go to a site, we don't know much about it, and we intentionally don't want to know anything about it, so we're not um, projecting our views onto what we may encounter. What I try to accomplish is, like Mark said earlier, we want, we want to debunk anything that could potentially be misinterpreted, and uh, I welcome any questions or any any additional support or any challenges you might want to offer so that we can continue to debunk any myth around it. So you almost have to like put the skeptical mindset on first and kind of come up with a reason why things are happening well, all the time. I, well, I think, um, I don't know if we necessarily have a skeptical mindset because we've all had these experiences. So um, I don't think it's skeptical. I think it's more trying to 
see how the science proves what we already know. That's sort of what it's about. When we got together, you know, when Grace and I got together, it became more of a, when we decided to form Paranormal Coast, I think it became more of a, we know what we've all experienced. Let's see how the science works now behind this. You know, we're talking about now entering into the realm of using the devices, using the equipment, and seeing how the science does. And to be perfectly honest with you, I was shocked when we first started doing this at the responses we were getting and how accurate, because sometimes you look at this equipment and you say, no, it couldn't do that, couldn't be doing that. But all the responses we were getting are just dead on if you watch the episodes. We're getting intelligent responses from these entities. More than likely. Can you give us your name? Thank you for talking with us. Do you have a name that you would share with us? Yes. That is Robert. Thank you, Robert. 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 We're talking to Robert. So moving into that and the equipment, because I was very impressed, you guys coming in here, you looked like you had all the whiz-bang and, you know, newest devices. I didn't even know what they were doing. So it is extremely scientific with a lot of high technology um, items. Can you, in layman's terms, explain some of the things that you were using? Yes, we use a variety of tools. Uh, one of the most common that is used in other, investigators, uh, other investigative uh, efforts is a, an EMF device, electromagnetic frequency device. And we have one of the newer devices that has really changed uh, the face of investigations, not just for us, but for many other investigators, is a, a software that searches for frequencies in an ambient environment in a, a relatively tight space that is constantly searching for a, an ambient influence, electrical influ influence that can be a voice that can be interpreted and we can ask questions of entities and they can ask questions of us, which they've done. This tool is called an ovulus. Uh, we also have uh, electronic imaging device that allows us with a camera to create stick figures that we can't see, but we'll take certain points if there's another entity in the room and make points of them that you can see on the screen. We have a bank of, uh, we can set up as many as eight infrared cameras at a time, and they will only sense light energy. We, as the three of us, come together. We believe that because we have these abilities, that we get a lot more interaction. Can you make this go to red one more time? Michael. What does that say? Oracle. Oracle in the hall. Yeah. That's Grace. That's, That's Grace. That's Grace. They call her the Oracle. To be honest with you, at first, Mark, you and I were talking, and I had said, wow, they want to come to the crime museum? It's We just moved in. Like, it was a real estate office. Because in my head, and I can't be the only one that thinks like this, but in my head, I'm thinking, well, it's not like there was a murder here. You know, because I think something bad had to have happened maybe in the building, but you guys are saying that's not the case. It's the artifacts, it's things attached to different artifacts, and Lord knows we have a ton in here. Well, the first thing that Rick and I did was take a walk around the rooms. And as soon as I crossed a line in the floor, I felt a, a very heavy 
presence, and Rick crossed it, and he felt the same thing. So you, I know, Grace, when you were walking through one of the rooms, which turned out to be a definite hot zone, was the room that we have in the back, which is like history of the Broward Sheriff's Office, because on the wall there are billy clubs, handcuffs, actual helmets, and uh, badges that, you know, BSO officers wore, and you were explaining how there's a connection to that. My uncle, who lived with me all his life, um, my mother's brother, he was the chief of police in our town. So when I was in that room, I felt a connection to the other police officers in the room. And uh, I understand when they're confronted by a criminal, I mean, that's their life. Yeah. Yeah, to make split-second decisions. Yeah. Yep. So those artifacts that are in that room are holding emotions to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. That's why we were getting a lot of high readings in that room. Oh, I've got a nine. i got a solid nine. 1.1 1. 1 here. 1.2. 1. 1. The EMF is going off also. It's definitely this, definitely this room. Definitely this room. We don't want to chase you away. It seemed to be that was the nexus of spiritual behavior back there. So the first thing I was surprised by, you, you had these, um, what were those machines called that sound off the alarm? Oh, that was the uh, REM pod. Oh, the REM pod. Yeah, yeah the REM pods. Yeah, that was the, the REM, REM pod. pod. Uh, the REM pod is a device, and it's got an antenna on it. And what it does is, unlike the EMF that... The, um, locates, you know, the magnetic field. The REM pod actually puts out its own magnetic field. And anything that, you know, crosses in that path of that magnetic field close to the REM pod, it will go off and let you know something's there. And if you remember when we when we were all out here, the REM pod started going off. We had it in that um, back room in the police history And room. nobody was in the room. Nobody was in the room. And we were so. all in this central area. And it just started going haywire. And that's when we ran into that room. It's a pretty active room when you see that episode. Because after, in one part, you actually see that dark entity peering out of that room. Yeah. That was caught on IR camera. And we didn't, it's not like we, none of us saw that to the naked eye. That was one of those things you had to go back, go through the footage, and see it. Correct. Because the IR camera, we're in pitch black. So we're in that room in pitch black. We can't see a lot of the things. But the IR camera is, you know, infrared camera. Mm -hmm. That is basically like a night vision. And isn't it interesting that the REM pod went off? It was almost like a signal to us, come here. Yes, yes. And we all scurried. <laughs> we definitely scurried back there. It was... Uh... Definitely exciting. I knew something was going to happen or something was happening. There were also some other things that, that, you, that you came across, uh, particularly in the hallway. Explain that. Some of those um, entities that moved literally from room to room. Again, we were here. We were all here. I hadn't seen it. Watching the video, I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? You know, kind of thing. Well, we did. Uh, you know, there were several things kind of going back to that... Um police room for a second if you remember it was you who had 
your recorder on because you were recording the investigation for us. Mm-hmm. And um, we're thinking, well, that was great that you were doing that because you had a really good recording device there. And when we were in that room, if you remember, we all heard this male voice and everybody, I think, on the team heard it. Yeah. So you get to this space, the more your energy interacts with this device. By getting closer to it. I swear I heard something over there. It, you did. Okay. Did you hear it? I, 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 I heard something. I heard something. We're recording. I heard so a voice. It, yes. it was a male voice. It was, it was a, a male, male voice. voice. Yes. I heard it. And you had sent us the audio file. Now, with our software, we can isolate that. And we did isolate that. And you'll, um, as you saw on the video, we did um, really enhance that by about 300 times you know, power on that audio because it was so quiet. And it is actually a male voice that we did catch on that. That's basically a um, um, EVP, yeah, that, which is an electronic voice phenomenon. That was amazing. Well, when I first did this, I, I had grabbed the same sound bite you were thinking of, uh-huh. which was more like a gasp. And when I played that for Grace, she said, no, no, that was one of the girls in the room right, gasping right. because they had just heard that. And I said, okay, well, let me back this up a little bit and see. And when I actually zoomed into the waveform, you could actually see that there was a slight curve in the waveform. So it wasn't as flat line as, as your software yeah. was showing. So when I enhanced that, I kept enhancing it and enhancing it. It probably took about a good hour to get it to the point where it is, where you can hear this male voice. Oh, and it's clear when you did that. It was totally clear. And it's pretty clear. I mean, we isolated it and played it several times on the video just so you can hear it. And um, Grace, I think everybody has their own opinion on what it might be saying. Me personally, I can't seem to decipher what it's saying. We're working on devices right now that we have a better understanding of enhancing those things uh, because an entity, as we believe we've established, may not have enough energy to get across what they're trying to get across. But if we can come up with a human, hear, human ear hears from 20 hertz to 200 hertz, 220 hertz, and we believe that those entities are operating in other ranges that we're not picking up, but some of these devices have a, a greater range of, uh, of picking that can potentially pick that up. Mm-hmm. So when we come into a situation where Grace and I feel, or Mark may have even witnessed, Mark has had several incredible situations where entities were sitting right next to him. And where we can get to maybe a, another level of communication. The Obelisk is a great device. The Melmeter is a great device. The REM pod is a great device. But we want to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It must be... I mean, what you're describing, each of you in your different um, uh, fields, it almost sounds exhausting, like what you go through emotionally. Because, aren't you, I mean, you particularly are like feeling the emotions of the person, of the entity, rather. At the end of the evening, Grace and I and Mark are Need usually... Need a drink? Need a drink. <laughs> we, we, we're oftentimes too, too exhausted to... And I'm not saying physical, it's... It's more of a an emotional for mm-hmm, me sure. exhaustion. Yeah, I think it's that way for all of us, um, especially after we left that uh, police room or the mm-hmm. police history room. Yeah, and I had the wonderful, brilliant idea of strapping <laughs> of of having you guys strap me into the electric chair. There comes the guinea pig, and <laughs> and close the uh, you know the jail door with devices, and that was a very I was 
shock that once they strapped me in, it became a real emotional mm-hmm. experience. I wasn't thinking that. I'm thinking, eh, strap me in the electric chair. It's not like it's plugged in. Right. But once they strap you in and you have these devices and you're looking out of that door, mm-hmm. suddenly all these other emotions start hitting you and you're like, okay, what am, what was I thinking? And I probably did what I won't do again, and that's when I asked the entity to prove to me that they are there, and that's, of course, when, when um, I guess you can say the attack happened. I'm sitting in this chair. I'm strapped in. Can you do something? Can you show me that you're here? Is that you? Keep going. Teenager. Keep going. Keep going. Come on, you can do better than that. There you go. There you go. Show me something else. Show me that you can do something. Get me out. Get me out. Okay. Give me the hell out. Take this. I got it. I got it. Something just stabbed my back. Something just just get me. Get me the hell out. Get me out of here. Righty. All right. Scratch. Scratch, it just said. Scratch. So you got a scratch. It just said scratch. Son of a bitch. Holy crap. He has scratches on his back. Anything on there? It's just, it's just scratches the, huh? the nails on the desk to you. Look at that. Oh, yeah. It felt like a damn burn. That was crazy. And it felt it like really a jolt. Crazy. Yeah. It felt like a no, jolt. No, you jolted. You definitely yeah. jolted. And I checked the chair right afterward to see, because in an attempt to debunk anything, there might have been something sharp, sharp back there. It's a padded It's a chair. soft pad, yes. even. It's not even like it's a sharp chair. I ran yeah. my fingers mm-hmm. around the pad, pressing it to see if there's anything sharp sticking yeah. out of it. right. I checked the the edge of the boards are not so sharp that it could have made a mark like Mark had. So, mm-hmm. a mark on mark. A mark on mark. <laughs> so, um, tell me what you all get out of this. Why do you love doing what you do? Why do you continue to do what you do? You guys are a little crazy, right? You know that. Okay, <laughs> just just gonna put that out there. <laughs> no, seriously. What, it's it's what something. Do you get out of it? It's something we can't ignore. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we can't I- ignore it. I like telling the spirit's stories. Yes. Very good. You're giving them a voice. Yes, exactly. I want them to know, hey, we're here to listen, to tell your story. You're not forgotten. If there's anything you want to say, tell the world. Yeah. Very good. I'm an epistemologist, the study of knowledge and how we acquire knowledge. And people ask, well, what's the purpose of life? I believe that the purpose of life is to acquire knowledge and pass it on. And through my efforts and what I'm trying to do in learning more, is it debunk, you know, what we don't understand today, we may have a solution tomorrow that gives us the ability to communicate across dimensional planes. What a phenomenal concept. Yeah. I think for me it's a little on the realm of since I've seen this and since I've experienced this, you know, most of my life, to me, I think it's a little kind of a personal thing, to be honest with you. I'm out to prove to others, you know, I, I'm out to show them what is there that I can see mm-hmm. because it's hard to describe how you see these things and, and, and that you do see these things. And to me, I wanted to be that right grace the scientific approach and bring that into it so that way people are more a little more open to it maybe Mm -hmm. yeah and also 
a little bit proving to myself. Yes. Because okay, when you grow yes. up that way, you're like, okay, is something going on here? How come I can and nobody else can? And, mm -hmm. and uh, you do find out that there's a lot of people out there who can. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much. One more question, and that is uh, people want to watch your shows. Where do they go? How do they find them? Well, they can go right onto YouTube. We mm -hmm. have a YouTube channel, and if you go onto YouTube and just search Paranormal Coast, you can also go onto our website, which is paranormalcoast.com. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you You're so much welcome. for coming. Thank you. Thank you. That was Paranormal Coast at the Crime Tours Gallery in Hollywood, Florida. If you'd like to check out the museum or wish to say hi to any of the friendly ghosts that may be hanging out there, go to crimetoursmuseum.com. Now, if you think you know what was said on that EVP we captured and enhanced, let us know at soflowweird.com. Next up, we have our favorite legend tripper, Rob Robinson, who discusses the many haunted sites in Florida should you be dying to explore. St. Augustine, considered the most haunted uh, city in the United States. In the United States. I There's other ones I've tried. You know, Savannah okay. has come in really close trying to take that away. But okay. uh, as far as... Uh, well, we're you, the oldest city. St. Augustine yes. is the oldest city. Yeah, so naturally, true. it's the... The most haunted. There's more dead bodies probably in St. No, Augustine. Yeah. <laughs> true, very true. Uh, our lighthouses, mm -hmm. uh, everyone with the exception of one that I found has, has a, uh, a reputation for being haunted. Um, you know, we have some old forts here that are supposed to be haunted. And, you know, numerous, you know, places around the United States that have, uh, have a reputation for being haunted. It's just a... Uh, I mean, we have, a, in fact, we have numerous ghost hunting groups down here in Florida. Oh, really? And okay. it's not, you know, for, and they never have a lack of uh, things or places to go hunt, mm -hmm. you know, do a, conduct a paranormal investigation. Is there one place that they go to more than others? Like one they always visit? Um, well, it depends on the group. I mean, some groups, you know, they will go to an area, uh, a place where they have, you know, the most positive results at. Ah, okay, um, right, right. You know, uh, St. Augustine Lighthouse has always been, you know, a ghost hunter's uh, mecca stuff, because yeah. there's always stuff happening. You know, you go to talk to the people there and you say, oh yeah, if you had come last night, we had, you know, oh, we wow. had this happen, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if they're doing that as a, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a stunt to get you to, but they don't open up the uh, lighthouse at night. I mean, they have special occasions, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it shuts down at night because it's still an active lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got an old Spanish fort uh, in St. Augustine. People have seen and heard stuff there. I mean, even down in the Keys, there's the places down the Keys that have got a reputation for being haunted. There's an old fort down there where um, that's where the... Um, yes, I've been there. The individual that uh, the Confederate president, he was held in that place. And it has, uh, I uh, talked to people that have been, uh, you know, paranormal investigators and they just think it's great. The only problem is that, you know, you have to, you have to get on a boat to go out to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's got a, a long history of paranormal activity out there. What advice do you have for someone wanting to check out a haunted site on their own? Um, well, first of all, make sure, you know, I've had some people who've gone to some places and say, Ben, it looked haunted. <laughs> I said, well, was there any stories to go behind it? You know, there, you know, uh, well, no. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a place here in, uh, 
in Bartow, Florida called the Mystery House. And it looks like a haunted house. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to the people that live there, they've they've not reported any paranormal activity going. And they both believe in paranormal. And they were hoping the place was haunted. Right, right. But they said, no, I'm sorry, we haven't had anything. And I was like, oh, bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You think you're bummed out? We bought the house. We were hoping it was haunted. <laughs> so, um, you know, make sure that it does have a reputation. And make sure you're allowed to go in it. Mm-hmm. You know, again, no trespassing. Oh, yeah. You go into some place and find out that... It's, it's an old, decrepit building that has some safety things, issues you fall, you know. And we've had some stories, you know, where people have gone in there and actually, you know, fell down an elevator shaft. You know, again, they didn't get permission. They didn't go in there with the right equipment. And because a lot of times they try to turn, the, you know, let's go lights out, you know, and get something to happen. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you don't necessarily have to go lights out. Um, form a plan on how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go in there and just set cameras up, or are you going to go in there and walk around? Make sure everybody's on the same sheet of music on what's going on. You know, nothing worse than going in there and another team's in another location. And you're like, I hear somebody walking. Yeah, I do too. And it turns out it's your other team. <laughs> yeah, that's your happened. buddy. <laughs> that's actually happened quite yeah, a bit. So, yeah. um, again, you know, it's all about teamwork and doing this. And, you know, you may have to sit there and wait. You may not get anything or that you think you do and then the next morning you go through the audio and or the video and realize you did get something oh yeah you know um if you got permission from the people or the owners of the place at a courtesy you need to show them first Mm because it's their oh okay yeah yeah you know and that's how i always do it when we do it we always talk to the owner and say hey if we get anything we're going to bring it to you first Mm -hmm. and if you would let us release it that's fine if you don't yeah you know we understand let's talk about some specifics tell me about um ripley's Oh, Ripley's. Are uh, we talking the... Uh, the one in... St. Augustine? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah, yeah. And it does have a uh, reputation for being haunted to... Uh, uh, it used to be a hotel. And uh, during that time frame, uh, when it was a hotel, two ladies were killed. And they never did find out who killed these two ladies. And uh, legend has it that the ghosts of these ladies can be heard screaming. And people said that the... Uh, I don't know how this is possible, but the uh, the killer, people say that whoever did it was in there. Ripley's does offer ghost hunts out there, and I went with my wife, and my wife took some pictures of some areas and did pick up some weird like shapes Katie? that weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, uh, you know, it's probably one of the easiest and probably most exciting ghost hunts to go on, in my opinion. What about Ashley's Restaurant here? Oh, Ashley's in, Restaurant uh, in Rockledge. Rockledge. Yeah. Which wow, is open today. It, it, it's still open. I know. I know for a fact as a a, a customer there that their patron. hot wings are out of this <laughs> oh, world. is it? Okay. <laughs> so, but they had a murder that happened there too. A, a young lady was killed. And uh, there's, uh, to this day, people have seen it. Usually it's the people at night. Mm-hmm. And it's all sent around the girl, the lady's bathroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it still happens. I remember uh, a couple weeks ago I was up there and... Uh, I was talking to him because my book's in there. And he said, yeah, we had somebody the other night, you know. Oh, really? Like recently? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever's going on, still going on there. Yeah. But it's very sporadic. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen all the time. And you can read the story. It's on yes. the back of the menu, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Plus, you know, Charlie Carlson did an awesome book mm-hmm. on the uh, story of Ashley. It's called Ashley's Shadow. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. And he very much did his research and his homework and then putting that book together. Yeah, it was excellent. Excellent. 
Okay, Rob, well, thank you for your time. Um, good luck on your future legend trips. Thank you. And hopefully we'll go out and find a ghost at some point. Oh, I tell you. <laughs> They're out there. There's a lot of places to go look here in Florida. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. That was Rob Robinson talking about haunted sites and paying his respects to Florida's master of the weird, Charlie Carlson. We'll talk more about Charlie's novel, Ashley's Shadow, and the movie he was making based on the book in a future episode. But first, we dig a little deeper into the story behind Ashley's restaurant. This is from Charlie's Weird Florida book. Shadows of Ashley's Tavern Ashley's is a popular eatery and pub on US-1 in Rockledge that has a long haunting history. Built in the 1920s, this half-timbered Tudor-style structure looks more like something you'd find in the English countryside than in Florida, which makes it a good backdrop for its ghostly reputation. Although the place has changed hands several times since it was built, the paranormal antics have pretty much remained standard poltergeist stuff, like dishes flying off shelves, lights turning on and off, patrons being pushed by unseen hands, that sort of thing. One night after closing, a team of paranormal investigators claims to have observed a chair levitate and move across the room where it gently settled down on the floor. What separates Ashley's from other haunted places is the high number of patrons and employees who have witnessed these occurrences. Although strange things have been experienced throughout the entire building, the main concentration seems to be in the ladies' room, where women have reported a choking feeling. Others say toilet paper rolls have mysteriously unraveled from their spools. Windows have opened by themselves, latches have unlocked, and faucets have turned on by themselves. Some women say they have seen an apparition in the restroom mirror of a young girl dressed in roaring 20s garb. A former waitress says that in two instances, women have come screaming out of the restroom vowing never to return. They never stopped long enough to explain exactly what they had seen, so were left to assume it was a ghost. Over the years, the tavern has been checked out by numerous ghostbusters, with the serious ones using sophisticated instruments, like tri-field meters to measure electromagnetic currents, microwave and magnetic sensors, and special infrared thermograph equipment for detecting cold and hot spots. Investigators have indeed detected unexplainable cold spots, swirling smoke-like images, and unusual energy fields within the building. However, some spook sleuths have complained they could not document anything because either their equipment malfunctioned or their batteries mysteriously went dead. We've heard a number of tales about who haunts Ashley's. One story says that the building is sitting on an Indian burial ground. Others tell of a boy who was killed on the railroad that runs behind the restaurant, or of a girl who was killed in an accident out front on the highway. There are no historical records to support any of these claims. However, another story about a murdered girl does have some credibility. According to the story, the girl was Ethel Allen. She was 19 years old when, in 1920, she was brutally murdered in the restaurant's storeroom and dumped in the Indian River. Ryan Lewis, who produced a short documentary film called Ashley's Shadow, researched this story, plowing through microfilms of old newspapers of the day. He found that Ethel Allen had indeed been murdered, 
but not in the 1920s, it was 1934. Her decomposing body was found burned, mutilated, and dumped in the Indian River south of Rockledge, near Ugali. The only pieces of evidence were a nylon stocking wrapped around her neck, the initials BK tattooed on her leg, and a ruby ring on her finger. Authorities were never able to determine where she was killed, so there's nothing that says the scene of the crime was in the tavern. However, further research shows that in 1933, Ashley's was known as Jack's Tavern, and the proprietor was Jack Allen. Perhaps the murdered girl, Ethel Allen, was a relative of this owner. In his quest, Lewis located Ethel's grave, discernible by a small homemade cement marker in an old cemetery on Merritt Island in the Indian River, almost directly across from the tavern. Who killed Ethel Allen remains a mystery today. Know of a weird place or have a weird tale to tell? Go to SoFlowWeird.com or call us at 754-202-3207. If you want more Strange Florida stories, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit us on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Mia Lorenzo. Thank you for listening to the SoFlow Weird Show. Special thanks goes to our weird announcer, Joe Johnson. Michelle McArdle for promotion and production assistance, and at the Crime Tours Gallery, Yetzel Jimenez, Evelyn Santos, and Chris Mancini. This has been a Sideshow Charlie production inspired by Florida's master of the weird, Charlie Carlson. Stay weird, everybody.